oh, if you and I were married, then we have a right to certain things that we share or that are absolutely different legal. I'd get to tell the doctors to pull the plug. (laughs) Oh, hopefully you'd shed a tear over that, Kira. (laughs) Welcome back to Petty Crimes, the only true crime comedy podcast that exclusively investigates non-crimes. I'm Kira. And my name is Griff. And we are celebrating 50,000 streams today. We're so excited. Maybe the editors can put some claps behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 50,000 claps. Add them (laughs) one at a time. Um, We're so stoked. Thank you for listening. We still think of this as very much like a secret podcast that nobody (laughs) knows about. And we're like, don't tell anybody about like our our teeny tiny secret podcast. But um, there are... There are many of you and we love you. Yes, thank you for listening. Keep sharing us. We want to see it grow, obviously. But yeah, 50,000 is like a crazy number to kind of wrap our heads around because... It's so cool. At one point, we had zero listeners. It's true. (laughs) We we were probably listeners number one and two. Absolutely. So thank you all for supporting us. A big shout out to our producers and editors for the quality that they infuse into this. Sick Uh, Bird's the best. They are the best. They're so sick. Yeah. And then I guess another update from our... Besides you being back from Boston, by the way, welcome back to LA Kira. Thank you. Happy to be back. Um, while I was in the airport and on the flight, I was reading reviews of the podcast, <laughs> um, which every time I do, I cry like a tiny bit because um, they're so nice and so cool. So keep reviewing, keep telling your friends yes, about please. our secret teeny tiny podcast. Yes, your kind words are appreciated. Your constructive feedback is also appreciated. Yeah, it's welcome. Another update also, I think people that follow us on Instagram already kind of know. If you don't follow us, follow us be sure to do that. Yeah. We are about to be able to sell our first piece of merch, which will be coffee mugs. We're selling them. We're they're selling for, them. they're on sale. Yes. On one side it says criminal, on the other side it's minimal. Y'all voted for the blue interior <laughs> as opposed to the black that I wanted. It's okay. But yeah, feel free to keep an eye on our Instagram um, for where you can go purchase those if you'd feel so inclined to. Do you know what a couple people told us in the DMs? What did they tell us? They don't like drinking vessels with a black interior because you yeah. cannot see the thing inside. And I was like, that is a very good point, Griff. I saw that too. And I I understand now. I don't drink like coffee. It's not part of my daily ritual. Mm. But I can, just as a practical person, understand that the darker the color, the harder it is to see liquid. <laughs> so point taken. <laughs> We're excited for the blue. Um, Yay. Yeah, and thanks for democratically voting um, mm-hmm. and helping us get to that decision. Yeah, this is a cheerocracy. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, are you ready, Griff? I am. Um, this crime was submitted to us by a listener, which is so awesome to be able to see, say week over week. People are interested in the show and they're submitting their own experiences. Yeah, um, the Petty Crimes Podcast at Gmail inbox is hopping. Overflowing. This was submitted by Jerry actually via Instagram and he and I chatted Back and forth. His real name is not Jerry. I've changed it for the case. Thank you. When this crime came into our DMs on Instagram, I could not stop thinking about it for, it's been, I think, a month and a half now. I was waiting for you to get back in studio to do it. So it's a little more poignant than our normal crimes, but it's still, I think, got a really lighthearted kind of comedic aspect to it. Mm. Um, And so I wanted to test it out and see what you think and what our listeners think. Yeah, my interest is peaked. Yeah, to see if we can talk about something besides dog poop. But at the same time, keep those poo-poo crumbs coming. Because <laughs> there's a plethora of them, apparently. But yeah, let's dive in if you're ready. Let's go. Uh, again, this crime was submitted by Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Those involved will call Molly, mm-hmm. Sam, and Molly and Sam were a couple. 
And then the third party involved, which we'll have to take into account, is Facebook. Ah. So Mark Zuckerberg, if you will. Sure, the Zuck. Exactly. Our first Facebook case, I think. This started earlier this year, this crime, if we're going to call it that, we'll see at the end. Um, and it has been ongoing. So it's about a six-month-long crime. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lengthy one. Wow. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. All right, I'll, re- I'll read what he said. <clears throat> Hi, Griff. Hi, Kira. I'm an American living in France, and I'm loving the show. My sister introduced it to me in March, and I especially loved the petty and Paris crime with the coffee maker. Of course, because he's living in Paris. Wow. Or I, in France, sorry. I can't believe French fans. Right? We are international superstars. <laughs> <laughs> um, he continues, I'm retired from the U.S. Air Force, and I'm now one half of a professional traveler-writer duo. We've visited 60-plus countries on four continents and have lived in multiple cities in the U.S., South Korea, Iceland, Italy, and England at various points. Wow. Yeah. Travel blogging duo. Very, very global. That's amazing. Yeah, that was probably really hard during COVID. Yeah. Their blog is really great, though. I'm not going to uh, specify which one because of the case, but it's it's looking great. Cool. So if you happen upon a great travel blog, it might be this one. Yeah, it might be. But you won't hear it from us. Yeah, and just shut your mouth, okay? <laughs> Privacy. This may be too sensitive of a topic for petty crimes, but I wanted to write it in anyways for you two to decide. Love that. I worked with a guy while I was in the Air Force, and he and I ended up becoming connected on Facebook. He, too, was retired, and he was in his 60s. Sadly, earlier this year, he passed away from COVID, about six months ago. Mm. His death, like so many COVID deaths, was unexpected and sudden. Soon after his death, I began to notice that his activity on Facebook hadn't stopped. I, and I'm sure others, quickly realized that his wife had clearly taken over his Facebook account, and she was using it in his likeness. Wow. So his wife, he is Sam. His wife is Molly. Sam's no longer with us, but I think Molly's with us and uh, had been using the the Facebook. Wow. Initially, she was just sharing memories of the two of them, Mm -hmm. which I took to be a form of therapy for her in dealing with her loss. Absolutely. Of course, Um, which is really interesting. And obviously, we'll talk about that. Yeah. However, it has now been six months since his death, and the initial memory sharing has turned into full interactions with others— oftentimes commenting on things not related to Molly or Sam or them as a couple. Wow. As if Sam himself was commenting on the ongoings of his various Facebook friends. I know it's a touchy subject and people cope in different ways. Again, his death was sudden and unexpected. Like so many others in the military, because he was in the Air Force, he had many friends from across the globe, so I understood it initially the desire to tie up any loose ends with his many connections across the world. Mm -hmm. But now, six months later, and with how it's evolved, the continued usage of his profile rubs me the wrong way just a little bit. Anyways, I love the show and I look forward to each episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Wow. Yeah. What an absolute thinker. Yeah. And I will say I'm about to see my parents this weekend who I, they're the two people I love the most in the world. Sorry, Kira. (laughs) And, you know, we'll dive deeper into this, but I've never experienced loss like this. Thankfully, I'm also a little nervous about it. So I think just with my impending travels to my, my parents, I'm also going to Iceland, which we'll talk about later, I guess, in a few days. This crime just was sitting with me for so long since he submitted it. So thank you again for submitting it. Yeah. And I just, I think it's just a really interesting 
it's behavior that's really interesting, which we are. Yeah, there are so many different ways in. Yeah. On this crime, I guess. Can, can I start with one question? Because I know you've you've thought of some questions too, right? I did. I wanted to think of some questions just to make sure that we're examining it with uh, empathy and um, yeah, and respect. But yeah, for sure. What's your question? Does Molly have a Facebook? Ooh. Um, I will say, and again, I think because of the nature of the crime, also I just haven't, I haven't heard back from Jerry yet since my last response, but I would assume so. Okay. That is not confirmed. So I think moving forward, it's safe to assume that Molly also has okay. uh, a Facebook. That was something I was wondering. Like, I was like, okay, somebody in their 60s might not know how to set up an account. And now with more time on their hands, is she kind of like using his Facebook like it's hers? Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Hopefully, we'll be able to hear back from him. But for um, now, we're assuming yes, she does have her yeah. own, and that's not what she's doing with this account. Yeah, and I would I would say that if your spouse has one, you probably have one. But actually, my mom has a Facebook, which does bring me to my question for you. My first question, and my dad doesn't. Mm. Um, Kira, are your parents active on Facebook? Yes. Yeah, both of them. Yes. Do you? My mom is like. She's. I wonder if she'll listen to this. I've told her though, like, she's obsessed with it. Wow. She's always on it. She's always talking to people, like her connections that are both in her immediate life, but also that are kind of across the world. Yeah. How are your parents with it? Do you know anything about their their usage <laughs> of social media? I do. Great question. Yeah. They're both on Facebook and my mom has a really hard time getting off of it. Mm-hmm. It's on her iPad and she tells me like at night, she like can't get off Facebook. Yeah. Can't do it. And it's interesting to see, like, as we all are increasingly addicted to our screens, their generation is not immune to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I asked that because uh, he had mentioned that Sam was in his 60s when he passed away, which is about the same age range my parents are. They're a little older than that. Yeah, yeah, my adopted. folks are in their 60s. Yeah, and just the way, it's always funny going home, which I will be doing in a few days, I'm so thankful, and seeing my mom on her laptop, like, and she looks like how we first used Facebook when it first came out, right? Because mm. I, I'm not going to speak for every millennial, but I'm not really active on Facebook anymore. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And so when I go home and we sit on the couch, it's interesting to see the screens around the living room, our TV on included, and how plugged plugged in my parents are to that. My mom, even more so, she'll be on her laptop and I will watch her from my peripherals, open up Facebook, refresh it, scroll, comment, mm. and then close her laptop. And then like two seconds or two minutes later, she opens it back up again. Wow. Refreshes, scrolls. And whenever I'm like, mom, you're a little addicted to Facebook, aren't you? She closes her laptop. She's like, no, I'm not. No, that's ridiculous. I'm not. I know when to stop. But I think think it's the same way for my mom. Like the, the idea that she can like be friends with like people she went to camp Mm -hmm. with when she was little and see what they're doing and what's going on with them. Like, it's it brings her so much joy. Totally. But she also is like, it's so bad. Yeah. I mean, yes. And they're like, I'm trying to get them to watch the social dilemma with me. It's a documentary on Netflix that we all know that we're addicted and that this is like obviously a little more sinister than the companies make it look like. But sometimes it's nice to have it spelled out documentary style. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is really having an effect on my life. Cause I have seen my my mom. And my dad, but more so my mom's behavior changed since getting onto Facebook. So I wanted to ask that question because I kind of, I mean, I very much sympathize with Molly being addicted to this platform, 
probably before the passing, we'd have to ask, but clearly even more so now, just because of what social media is to all of us as an addicting yes. tool. Um, yes. But you bring up a good point, like, you and I are friends on Facebook from college, but I see you all the time. Mm-hmm. And the people that I'm connected with on Facebook, I haven't been away. If they're like in Boston or like in Europe, I haven't been away from them for that long. Mm-hmm. My mom's connected with people from boarding school when she was a kid, growing up, um, people that she hasn't seen in forever that are now like visually back in front of her, which is pretty exciting. So they're seeing it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Like a little differently than us. That's just so much stimuli. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's so exciting. It's like a photo album, I guess, but like it's always refreshing. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Do you remember Facebook hacking in college? Where you would like go on somebody's Facebook and make their status like, I just ripped nine shots. He, 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 ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and then their mom comments and they're like, Honey, yeah. go easy. And then you have to text your mom and be like, that was my roommate, Chad. Yeah. He's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I remember that freshman year. I was like so new to people in general. If you left your laptop up, someone would get on your laptop and mm-hmm. your Facebook. Different times. Wow, wow, wow. Different times. Um, and I mentioned at the beginning, obviously this is paired with the social media addiction, st- wanting to be connected with people. And I said earlier, I've never gone through grief before. I've never like lost someone that's been very close to me. I'm really nervous about that. And so part of me, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the ruling, but it's like, Molly should really like stop doing this. It's been six months. It's a little weird that she's commenting as if she was Sam, but I just, I've never gone through such an, an emotional period like that where my behavior changes and I can't really control it because of what I'm dealing with. Yeah, I think it, it goes without saying that that part of what she's doing is processing her own grief. And then part of what she's doing is like wanting to reach out with connections and maintain Sam's connections on behalf of his legacy, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like yeah. it seems like he had a really indelible legacy being in the Air Force, knowing mm-hmm. people all over the world. And she like for the sake of his memory, is working to maintain that. But she might actually, I would say she is probably at this point, and as it continues on, having the opposite effect because there's no like extension of disbelief here where people are reading, getting a notification from Sam and going, oh, I've heard from him from the beyond. They all know that he's passed. They all know that it's Molly. Mm -hmm. So this, like, this disbelief is fractured. Yeah. So it's not it's not having the intended effect, yeah. which is harsh to say. And I also am like, in a way, I'm like, let her process however she processes it. She's the person who probably has the most grief to manage, but it's not having the effect that she maybe hopes or is telling herself that it is. Totally. And I don't know that if I was, I, I, tr- I actually do not know that if I was in her position, I'd be able to like, because I think what, Jerry had mentioned when he wrote this in was like, at first it seemed therapeutic and it was kind of okay, but then it obviously continued. I don't know that I would have the wherewithal after diving into this like virtual world of Sam's, like his like, yes, it's an extension of his life. I don't know that I'd have the ability to pull out of that and like how confusing it must be for this reality online, Mm. which it is obviously it's not real life in certain ways, but to be blended with the real feelings you're going through. It's just like a really confusing intersection yeah. to have found herself in, I think. 
Absolutely. I have seen this type of behavior before, like expression of grief on social media. Mm-hmm. The one that immediately comes to mind is I have a friend who commits suicide mm-hmm. and their dad is very active on on his own Facebook, the, the dad's Facebook, and has friended all of us. Mm-hmm. I think he went maybe to like his son's list of friends on Facebook and friended everybody. Interesting. Okay. And he is very active on Facebook posting about his son, family memories. And I think that is the healthiest way for him to be doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Because it's true. It's Mm -hmm. honest. It's me as myself. Here's a picture of my son the next day. Here's a a picture of my son. Here's a memory of my son. Please, I invite you, you know, a Facebook status, like, I invite you to share a memory with my son. I'd love to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And it's clearly, it's on his heart and his mind, so I can appreciate that he needs to externalize it. But it coming from his own account, it's, I think that's more productive. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm not sure, but I would assume that people that are equipped to deal with other people going through grief, like mental health counselors, doctors, would hopefully agree that that's maybe a little healthier to do, to still do it through you, but like connect still to the people that that person was connected with Mm -hmm. and or loved instead of kind of pretending to be that person, which again, we understand, but... I I just think that rabbit hole is a lot deeper and darker in certain ways Mm -hmm. um, and just harder to get out of. I will say, because it brings up the question, I was curious when this case came in, obviously we have the the caveat of what Molly's going through, but I was like, oh, was Facebook hacking in college actually legal? Obviously that was kind of like the impetus of Facebook. Oh, great question. And so I Googled it, obviously. Um, I should have just like messaged some of my friends that are lawyers now (laughs) because we have friends that are lawyers now. But I was curious, like is accessing someone else's social media account Mm -hmm. legal or illegal? And of course, petty crimes, we don't talk about actual illegal crimes. But sometimes they come up. But sometimes they come up and this is one of those situations. So just a PSA to everyone, according to Google and a few articles that I read that were written by lawyers, Generally speaking, accessing any account that is technically password protected, which is every Facebook account, is illegal. And I had the secondary question, oh, if you and I were married, then we have a right to certain things that we share or that are different legal. I'd get to tell the doctors to pull the plug. (laughs) Oh, hopefully you'd shed a tear over that, Kira. (laughs) Um, And I continue to look into it and I'll, I'll end with this. You cannot assume that you have that permission just being in a relationship with someone does not make it legal to access their accounts, nor does sharing a computer with them. Right. So if I was like, had a tab open on your laptop with my Facebook account, that's technically password protected, but is logged in and you started using it and Facebook hacked me and was like, LOL, I just uh, ate a dead squirrel. That's not okay for you to do. It is technically something that you could prosecute for. Correct. And especially I think too, if you start acting as someone else, because obviously it can like ride a surface level of just being like, oh, this picture's great, or your son looks lovely in that photo. Yeah. But sometimes the wheel can turn and you can kind of lead it, lead yourself into situations where yeah. you're making decisions on that person's behalf. A lot of their verbiage in the article was like, once it once money gets involved, if there's any like mm-hmm. transaction or like money sent to you or sent to like the person you're impersonating. And I get the yeah, sense use that, of likeness. Yeah, exactly. Which I just I wanted to Google just because we're doing our due diligence as petty crime court members. No, um, it's, I mean that's I, I do think that's incredibly valuable to know. Yeah. yeah, it's just so. I mean, 
Once upon a time when someone passed away, you would only have maybe like a photograph of them. Like truly, if you were like wealthy enough to afford photographs way, way back in the day. I mean, it, there's there's a way, way, way back in yeah. the day where you didn't have a photograph. Exactly. And so you were... And unless you were rich, you didn't have a portrait. Yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe letters. My dad still writes me letters every month, which I have kept since he started doing it in 2010. So sweet. So like a decade plus, which is insane and so lovely. I've kept those. So like once, what she will, passes away. Once he passes away, I'll have many photos of him, obviously, because it's 2022. But I will also have handwritten notes, mm. which at one point in time were the only things people had. So... It is interesting, like she can continue to keep this memory alive more so than ever in history by logging on to his Facebook profile because, again, his fingerprints all over that profile. Yeah. It's not just a photo album. It's like words of his and photos and videos and lots of memories. So I can see the allure of that. Yeah. Again, like I'm like, Molly has the most grief to deal with. How Whatever's helping her manage it. I'm in support of. Mm-hmm. It is a little scary to think about the possibility that maybe, you know, she comes across one of Sam's old high school friends' photos of him and his new grandbaby in the mm-hmm. hospital. And she comments as Sam, like, so sweet, love it. Mm-hmm. And that person doesn't know they were, they, they missed the news that totally. Sam passed and they are receiving that notification and and believe him to still be alive. Yeah. That's scary to think about. That is scary to think about. I guess, yeah, I assume that most people would know that I even uh, extracted it from the writing, like, would assume that this is Molly acting on Sam's behalf. But yeah. statistically, not, not everyone, everyone will know. Not everyone on his friends list knows that. Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, that's it's tough. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because then it's a lie. Um, but like, again, one that you're working through and that you need and is a crutch. Um Yeah, that's interesting. Because imagine, okay, that person, then they go to the high school reunion. Mm -hmm. They go to the 40th, 45th high school reunion. Yeah. Where's Sam? Mm -hmm. I was hoping he'd be here today. Totally. Oh, Sam Sam passed away in 2021. What? Yeah. But he just Mm -hmm. commented. Sorry, that was me. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh my God, this should be like a TV show, honestly. It's Black Mirror a little bit. Yeah, like leading into some kind of high school reunion where they're all expecting to see Sam show up. Yeah, or or at least the one person who missed the notification and then got like exactly. Oh wow! That I mean, again, this is why I kind of wanted to talk about this. This is so interesting, and it's involves something we all go through. Again, I like I said, I have not gone through it yet, and I really don't know. I'm a very emotional person. I'm pretty pragmatic and I think strong, but my heart's as big as the Grinches, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I don't know how I'll act in light of my mom or my dad, for me, passing away. I've had my grandparents pass away. I was never very close with them. Mm. Geographically, they lived in different states than me, so I only saw them maybe once a year. Can I ask, do you go to therapy regularly? I don't. And my excuse is that I can't afford it. And I know a lot of people who are at the same income level as me that make it work because they need it. What I will say, and take a shot or eat a waffle, Boston College was four years of therapy for me. So it offered incredible academic opportunities, but because it was a Jesuit school, it offered a lot of emotional education as well. Who are you? What do you have inside of you? And I think most importantly, especially for what I'm doing now, what do you think you're meant to do in this world Mm -hmm. while you're here on this earth? Yeah. Which are very kind of like eye rolly questions if you don't, if you're not used to that kind of thought process, which is therapy, by the way. And I definitely rolled my eyes at it coming in freshman year. I was like, these are such like 
lofty and weird questions. Yeah, you want to know my vocation? Yeah, no, exactly. Also, what is the word vocation? I didn't know what that meant going into college. But no, totally. And um, I kind of got thrown into that path at Boston College for my four years, unexpectedly freshman year. And both my parents and I have very much noticed the difference in who I am leaving BC. Obviously, any kid's different after college, but mm. I'm just different emotionally. Um, and I think I'm a I know myself better because I've had to deal with what demons I do have. And I'm very, I mean, it was expensive therapy, right? It's like 60 grand a year. Yeah. So um, we definitely paid for it, but I owe that part of that institution so much. So yeah. I'm sorry, long story long. No. no, I don't, but I have my own ways of catching up one-on-one with people like you, spending alone time with myself on a hike or like in my, wherever my apartment. Yeah, I don't run from my thoughts anymore. And for a long time I did. Mm. So when I can't afford it, I would love to have it as a structured kind of weekly occurrence. At present, I just I just can't allocate my budget to yeah. that. And I try to make up for it based on the education I got <laughs> during my four years at BC. I think it's interesting you pointed out, like, there's, there's that barrier to it. Mm-hmm. But some friends who make the same amount of money as you, they prioritize it because they need to. Like, yeah. you know, we should look at our mental health the same way we look at our, at our physical health. Mm-hmm. We know that. We know that we should. We know that we don't. Yeah. I would say that if and when you, you are experiencing grief, then you'll know, okay, now I need to make the investment. 100%. So when, yes, when something that significant does happen, it is inevitable, which again, is scary for me because I don't have the kind of experience with it uh, or the tools to go through that. Yet, when that does happen, I think that I'm self-reflective enough to know that, wow, what I'm doing myself is not helping me or getting me out of a certain spot. I need the help of a professional. Mm -hmm. So when that does happen, knock on wood, that's not soon. Best believe I'll get my ass into therapy (laughs) and I will not be ashamed about talking about it and encouraging others to any, any friend that has to cancel because they need therapy, cancel plans or like, I like respect and all of the, uh, the strength that I can. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, any final question? I think we're nearing this very. Uh, yeah, I think episode, I think it's but... verdict time. Unless there's any other um, anything anything else that comes to mind for you? No, I'm glad we brought up the actual legality of <laughs> hacking someone's Facebook account or like Instagram account. Yes, um, and a lot of my friends on a like more sur- surface level, like in LA, people will like create a fake Instagram account of them mm-hmm. as promotion for some kind of like OnlyFans fake thing. It's obviously like clickbait to get you to like put your credit card in and steal your identity. Yeah. But that happens to my friends a lot. They'll like, someone will follow me. Like my friend Frank will follow me and I'll be like, well, why does he have two accounts? And the second account's obviously malicious. So Mm -hmm. you have to warn him. I think I said what I need to. Hopefully I did it to do. uh, do. Yeah. It's it's justice, um, Jerry. And I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. I do one final point. I wonder too, if Facebook requires, like if I were to pass away and we were together, would it require you to message Facebook to let them know that I've passed away? There are ways to submit for the account to become an in-memorandum mm, account. Okay. And reading between the lines, Molly didn't do that. Yeah. She might not even have known that was an option. Yeah. She's using it differently. Totally. Yeah, that was my like final question because Facebook... They didn't used to have that and it was that was tough. I'm sure more of this was happening. M- maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So... For this case, I'm not going to use the language guilty of a petty crime. Sure. Because this is just not, petty's not the right word for it. Yeah. I will say, I will express the opinion that I don't think Molly 
using Sam's account indefinitely mm-hmm. is going to be good for her or good for the people who loved Sam. Mm-hmm. Easy to say yeah. <laughs> when I'm not I'm not experiencing her grief, mm-hmm. but I feel that long term this isn't helpful to her or to the people that that they love and that loved Sam. Yes. And I, I'm not a professional, so I'm not going to make any tangible suggestions. That's just my perspective on it. Totally. I share that exact perspective. I mean, it's not for me to rule. I've not gone through it, as I've said, and I'm not a professional. So, But if Molly were my friend, and I hope maybe some of her friends on Facebook and in real life. I, I bet that they see it, and I bet that they're doing things about it. Yeah, I, I, bet, they're, I bet it's making them reach out more often, mm-hmm. spend time more often. I have to imagine it is. Totally. I hope that it is, and I hope that... Molly and anyone in Molly's situation is seeking the help of a professional. I would say if they need it, but sometimes you don't even know if you need it. I think just assume that you do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause yeah, just assume. So yeah, let's hope uh, Molly has the support around her. I, I really hope that she does and Aww. just hope for the best. And Griff is, yeah. Griff is reclimped. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, but I agree with that. Thanks for um, submitting that Jerry, who's not really Jerry, but that's the name we're using. Sending love. Yeah. Also, I used the names Molly and Sam that were characters in that movie Ghost with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. So if anyone picked up on that. Ghost. Yeah. There's your required movie viewing. Oh my God. Why do we keep doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go watch Ghost. I haven't seen it. So I'll join you in watching it. And Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully that was. Food uh, for thought. Yeah. Food for thought and. I mean, it's okay to go deep sometimes. And I, I think that's part of how I go through therapy myself. So I think so too. And I think yeah. I, I think we're skipping criminal and middle mold this week and we're doing extras next week. Yeah, let's do that. That okay. seems right. Um, love so, you, Griff. Yeah, hug the people you love and don't hack my Facebook, Kira. I'm hacking it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you. Bye.